This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone back the podcast of champions i'm david woods from bruin report online the ucla site on the 24 7 sports network and i'm ryan abraham from uscfootball.com the usc site on the 24 7 sports network and together we make the podcast of champions talking all things pack 12 football we got some huge breaking news breaking breaking news Pac-12 Media Day, Football Media Day, moving to Las Vegas, baby. That's what we're talking about. You Not sh- the demise of the Pac-12. We're talking about me- Media Day in Las Vegas. I'm there. Are you going to be there, David? No. <laughs> you got to go. No. It's Las Vegas. Maybe. In the middle of the week. Yeah. July. I teased this, July 21st. Actually, that might actually work out. See? That's that what might I'm That might be a banger. Let's go out in style. This last year of Pac-12 everything. That's what I'm saying. Let's go to that for Vegas. Let's go to the championship game in Vegas. Let's go to the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. Let's go to every single non-conference game in Vegas. Let's go to all of the non-conference basketball games in Vegas. Let us do POC Vegas. That's what I've been that's what I've been preaching. That's why I wrote that in the notes leading up to this. I get it. I wasn't sure. I didn't talk to you if we're going. We're doing this live on the air. We are live, by the way, on our YouTube channel over at Podcast of Champions. Hope you check not it out. Not exactly live. I want to be clear here. Okay. We're not editing it in real time. But when you're hearing my voice, yep. it's approximately 45 seconds after I've said what I said. Okay. Well, I whatever. want the people to know. I want them to know. Yeah. Okay. If there were live stats of the POC. They would be ahead of the broadcast you're watching. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, Alex says, uh, let's go to Vegas next week. I'm not. Uh, I'm going. I'm not. Alex, you are? I'm going. I'm going to the Pac-12 media. I mean, uh, Pac-12 tournament. Wow. You were you were iffy last week. I was iffy. But now you're going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, yeah, smash that like button, everybody, by the you way. You didn't do any of the like uh We're going to do it, but stuff. I just had to like get into this because. This show's a mess. It's Vegas, baby. Vegas. Like. And I love that you're on, you're in. It's going to be like a Tuesday. Get a babysitter, whatever you need to do. You know, whatever. Is it What's, a Tuesday? I don't know what day. What's July 21st? It's usually a Thursday. Is it a Thursday? Okay. I mean, it's usually a Thursday. I don't know. It's July 21st. So if it's, so it's a Thursday. Let's see. Make a long weekend out of it. And uh, we'll spend in Vegas, you know? It's a Friday. Oh, ooh, Friday. Come on. Come on. 
Come on. You're just going to be there for a couple of days. Well, after. you start on Thursday. You start on Thursday for sure. And you go really hard Thursday so that you don't even wake up for the early part of media day on Friday. Yeah. Then you show up at media day hungover <laughs> and you just consistently bitch. Uh, sorry, I'm putting it in my words. Yeah. You consistently bitch to Ryan the entire time. Mm. Can we just go? Can we just leave? Do we really need to be here for this? And then you leave at like two. So that you only spend about two and a half hours at actual media day, and you spend the entire rest of the time just um, in Vegas. Mm, I like that. That's sort of how I do the Pac-12 basketball That's sort of how tournament. I do it all. Yeah. Uh, we have some stories with the Pac-12 basketball tournament, but it's definitely going to be fun. Uh, yeah. So make sure you go check that out. I mean, we're going to be there. So I hope you guys can come. Maybe you won't have, like, it's usually in L.A. They've always been in L.A. since I've been covering this. So it'll be a little bit different. You don't have like the random USC UCLA blog people showing up, maybe that just would just kind of roll out of bed and and come over to Hollywood. So now they'd have to tax or travel. Yeah. Maybe there'll be like some kind of golf tournament, or so maybe everyone goes to Top Golf. Like something like that would be a lot of fun. Uh, you can do some things in Vegas instead of just like a day of meetings with some uh, you know melon balls and stuff like out, like put out there by the hotel. We want to actually have some fun in Vegas for Pac-12 Media Day. Especially, it's our last one. I love that the two things you cited for having fun were golf or top golf. Area 15 has a cool golf simulator. You can do that. But they also have like a big arcade. Like that would be a lot of fun to get everyone to go over there. Uh, Lost Lost Distillery has like a cool like show at night. Like something. We all go to a show. We could just go fire an automatic rifle. We could do that, too. I haven't done that in Vegas. Neither but. have I, but there's always that advertisement as you're driving in. You see it all over the place, yeah. yeah. Um, we can go to the Pinball Hall of Fame. That's true. I've not done that either. Yeah. Area 15 is pretty cool. I went there a couple of times. Uh, last time I was in Vegas, so uh, go check that out. If you guys are- We can go just watch Lake Mead's water level drop. <laughs> I don't know. They've got a lot of rain lately. It's, it's been snowing in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We had snow here. We're going to get to that, too. Uh, podcasts uh, of champions. Do you want to get a hold of us? Of course you do. Uh, you can email us, Pac-12 Podcast. At gmail.com, you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Follow us on Twitter at Pac-12Podcast, and the website is Pac-12Podcast.com. And if you have an Apple Podcasting app on any of your devices, you got to leave us a five-star rating because, duh, it's great. And then trash us in the review. But leave us those five stars. That's what we want. That's what we crave. That's what we beg for. That's what we've given away gift certificates for, gift cards for. Not certificates anymore, just gift cards. we got our new ones, Dave. Say beg again beg you're a bag big i think it's big you but you go bag bag or big no bag bag eh eh bag. not not a bag you go bag i don't know you're kind of a bag yeah maybe yeah are you a milk no milk yeah yeah, yeah. no no milk yeah hey, uh, if you're out there if you're a if you're a milker you got to change that okay yeah no pillows no milk Alex has a basketball question. We no, no, we got a bunch of reviews. I'm just, I'm just taking. Oh, we got reviews. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. What's our review? Uh, this is from Charlotte M seven one two. How do we get so many reviews? I don't know. Five stars. Uh, best train wreck ever. Dave and Ryan. I'm an Oklahoma grad. Ah, we got an international, uh, an international <laughs> reviewer who is new to the Pac-12. My boyfriend and his whole family are UCLA fans. I wanted to listen to a whole football season's worth of shows before writing a review. Wow. I love how haphazardly thrown together this podcast is. Of, <laughs> if, if you love that, then you love the beginning of this one. Nailed it. Uh, of all the non-football discussions you've had, my favorite has been your de- debate of which would take longer. One, walking from L.A. to Salt Lake City, or two, sailing a boat from L.A. up to Seattle. 
I can't remember what the correct answer ended up being. <laughs> this podcast has the perfect <laughs> amount of football analysis for a new Pac-12 watcher like me. Keep up the good work. USC fans, I hope you enjoyed your Lincoln Riley special. I'm speaking from experience here when I say that it doesn't get better than losing bowl games in embarrassing fashion. Boomer Sooner and go Bruins. Charlotte. Love oh, it, Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. All right. This is from GC Thunder. Uh, five-star review. A podcast that is emblematic of the current state of the Pac-12. Think for a moment about the most impactful podcast you've ever listened to. The one that kept you on the edge of your seat. The one that evoked emotions you forgot you had. The ones that encouraged you to try new things, be more patient with your friends and family, and live your life with more perspective. Now think for a moment about the worst podcast you ever listened to. The dumpster fire you turned off within the first three and a half minutes. The podcast of champions lands somewhere in the middle between these two, but much closer to the latter. Football bloggers Wavid Duds and Ian Rabraham certainly have chemistry in the way that the separation of oil and water can be explained as a chemical reaction. <laughs> Yet every week they gather in a stuffy room and embark on this exercise of futility where they retread Gonzano and Wilner Pac-12 podcasts and provide dissenting opinions on widely enjoyed TV shows. If you're going to give it a try, I recommend watching the YouTube simulcast. That's at least how David refers to it, even <laughs> though it's not technically a simulcast. Nice. All right. Uh, this is from R.C. Charbonnier. Five stars. Definitely a podcast, sometimes about the Pac-12. Writing a review for you guys would require me to put more effort into the show than Dave. Nice. That's fair. Five-star review from Brian J323. Holy cow. The POC. Look forward to the show every week. The intro at the beginning hits every time. Fight on. All right. Great. Love it. Awesome stuff. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for uh, for reviewing. Highly reviewed show. Uh, I love it. I love that people are doing that. So thank you very much for for uh, putting those in there. They're always funny. I swear to God, your shirt, people have mentioned this, your shirt is so orange today that it seems to be breaking the color on YouTube. It's like red, but... Yeah, but it looks so orange on YouTube. It does look orange. Yeah. And it keeps like kind of varying in shade. Does it? I think it's having trouble rendering exactly what color that is. I'm repping the 247. Yeah. Uh, The contrast is out of control, man. Nice. I love it. Well, that's good. You got to wear muted greens and browns and and blues like me. Okay, that's just what you do. Do that's, you have any two four seven gear at all? I do have it. I never wear it. <laughs> I'm not some corporate stooge. Yes, we know where our bread is buttered. Uh, but let, thank you everyone for being here live with us. If you have any questions that you want to put into the chat, just put question. I will try to. Uh, Star it and uh, then look for it later on in the show. We do have a bunch of email questions. Are you going to ask to. that basketball question that you were going to ask? Do you want no, to I, was, I was saying we don't do basketball questions is what I'm talking wow. about. Wow. Jeez uh, Louise. I mean, I could put it up there if you want. Oh, no, that was Dave needs a haircut. I, cha- I guess I changed That's it. That's pretty good. Yeah. let me. I'll put up the basketball question. He said your your beard needs trimmed too. Is that true? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I would say feeling it all this morning. Um, you know, doing the morning shower. I was like, it's all getting a little bit long. Okay. I'll probably, so the thought has now occurred to me, which means in about two months, I will get a haircut and trim the beard. Um, <laughs> do you have a thought to do it? And it I takes have a like thought to months. do it. So it's going to take two minutes, 60 days. two months before I'm like, uh, I got to make time on a Monday to go get my haircut. And then mm-hmm. I do it eventually. Nice. You trim your beard yourself or do you get it done at like a barbershop or something? Who are you talking to? Of course I do this myself. Yeah. You cut your own hair probably. I have several times, but the problem is <laughs> back here, uh-huh. it's really hard. And I'm not like cutting my hair. I'm like buzzing it. Yeah. Uh, but getting it all the way back here is really, really difficult. And you always have to enlist the help of another person. And then that person is not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. So I've d- weighed the trade-offs and it's worth going to the barbershop and having the person 
who's like talking in your ear while the Clippers are going, so you can't actually hear what they're saying anyway. Uh, but you got that social anxiety where you're like, I got to say something to this person. They keep talking, right? You know, th- is this the social trade off? But I can't hear anything they're saying, so you know, it's kind of difficult. It seems very tar- it's it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah, it's troubling. Speaking of ch- troubling, Alex says uh, Mick Cronin in his new interview. Oh, in his interviews, seem to guess the question before the question ends, answering before the media finishes their question. Charming or frustrating to you? Um, because he is such a charmer, and because he's really good at answering questions in depth, it's not annoying or frustrating. Okay. Uh, when a coach cuts you off and it's to give a short, dickish answer, that's when it's annoying and frustrating. Okay. But when you're talking to somebody and they cut you off, like we do on this show, or like I do to Ryan more often than not, let's be honest. Um, Fair. It's a conversation. Like when you're talking to Cronin in one of these things, you're having like a, a conversation where he's just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he might say like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something in the middle of your question because he gets where you're going or he wants to, you know, he, he's a really bright guy. So he wants to throw his little two cents in there as you're asking your question. Uh, so that's all fine. That's all totally cool. But when a when a when a coach, you know, I'm not naming names, cuts you off all the time because uh, he he just doesn't want to listen to you anymore and wants to say his you know five word response to it. That's the same five word response that he gives to every single question. That's where it feels annoying and frustrating. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, that's our basketball talk for today. Uh, it will be going to Pac-12 media. I mean Pac-12 tournament, whatever. USC's in the first four, so they don't play on Wednesdays, but I'll be getting out there Thursday. So it should be fun. That sounds great. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm going to be bummed that you're not there because that was the most fun is being with you. I know. That was a good time. Um, Next year, I will commit to it. This year just couldn't happen. But next year, I will commit to being their Pac-12 tournament. So so this is – next year, basketball will still be part of the Pac-12, right? Because it's – Football and basketball both have one more turn, and then it's done. Okay, yeah. So they'll do the full athletic season one more time, and then it's kaput. Nice. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, this I'm not something I'm going to tweet, not some breaking news I'm putting on a message board, but does everyone remember when I told you? Okay. I learned about the UCLA-USC move to the Big Ten before it happened, but I'm so much of a non-reporter, non-breaking news person that I did not track it down <laughs> and assumed that the guy who told me was full of shit. Because yeah. it was some dude like who's just a friend of mine who like knew a guy who said this thing to him. Well, I also heard this week that Colorado and Utah are out, done, from the same go, guy. So like, hold on, we got this. Isn't breaking news. You're reporting. I'm not reporting anything. I'm like saying I'm saying the same guy who I didn't trust to do anything with the USC UCLA news also said Colorado and Utah are out. Okay. Uh, have you talked about this on Bro? Like no, if- no, I'm not posting this or putting it on anywhere. It's exclusive POC content. <laughs> so, according to David Woods, Utah, Colorado are yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, I th- when I wrote up the show notes, which you're more of the writer, uh-huh. you should be writing up all this stuff. Like, yeah. why do I have to do this and be funny every week? And uh, you know, like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's just whatever. Uh, I was trying not to focus on the demise. Oh, so people have follow-up questions. Hang on. Of the Pac-12. Where are they going? I have no idea. None. No, no, no. The the only information I have is that they're out. And I wouldn't even call it information. I would call it rampant speculation. 
from uh, from a friend of a friend. Who? But that friend of a friend was right about had, USC. Had the UCLA USC news two days earlier. Okay. Uh, interesting. Yeah. But okay. I was trying not to make this about the demise of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Because we already did that last week. Well, we've been doing it every week, but the 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 more weeks go by, go by, the less likely it seems like U.S. I mean, the whole USC UCLA thing sort of caused this tornado, and the Pac-12, the way that they've handled the media rights negotiations and stuff, they just didn't get a big enough deal yet. Is there one on the table? And if not, are these other schools or some is someone going to leave? Like it, it just takes one or two in your case to go. And it probably would be in pairs if people go. And then there's no way. I don't think there's any way to save it if anybody leaves, right? Maybe maybe if, like, Oregon State, Washington State left, maybe you'll be okay. But, like, if Colorado and Utah left, I mean, the Arizona schools are going to be gone. Utah, I mean, Oregon and, and Washington are going to be gone. I mean, I just don't think there's any way to save the conference if two teams or some teams start to leave. And from what your friend or if a friend is saying, it sounds like that's – if that's happening, like – this is it. Like, I don't think the Pac-12 survives, right? Do you? Like, yeah, I no, I think the Pac-12's toast. Uh, I've so I've, I've as of like a I don't know a month ago, I would have been like, ah, oh, they'll probably stick together. But like, the more I don't know, can everybody be wrong? And the thing is, like, okay, I've got it from that friend of a friend, but also, you know, if you read the Colorado message boards, if you read, you know, all this stuff, like the people who know stuff are like, yeah, it's not trending in a good direction. And then what about these negotiations fills you with confidence? And not that we are privy to all the details, but what about the fact that uh, literally literally no one has any like hard details about a good offer the Pac-12 has? Like, right. do, we think, do we think they're running in complete silence? Does this seem like a really competent job that's being done where like, oh, yeah, it's totally in silence and they're going to come out with like a $35 million a year offer or shit, $28 million a year offer? Because I'll tell you this, if they had a 28 to $29 million a year offer right now on the table, they'd be crowing about it. Yeah, I don't know if it's Because that would be good enough to get everyone to stay. If you look at like, the dollars and cents that they'd get by moving, that would probably be good enough to get everyone to stay, especially if it's only like a five-year timeline. Yeah. They don't have it. If they did, they'd be telling everybody. Yeah, they had that, that uh, statement, which was just stupid. Um, Cheeky Bruin says... Wouldn't it be better for Utah to be the big dog in the pack? Better chance for a playoff bid going forward? I think it's it's one of those things, cheeky. Like if you're the, you know, you're the the big dog on a sinking ship, you're still the ship you're on is still sinking. And I think that's if if schools like Colorado and Utah are ready to go, um, I mean, I think it just tells you that they 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 know what's going on, and it just doesn't seem like there's going to be a way out of this. The bet. The best thing to do is to to get that you know take that life raft you know hit the escape pod, and you might be, have a better chance of of landing someplace more comfy if you take the if you're the first one out right if you're not if if Utah and Colorado go does that leave Arizona Arizona State or even Oregon and Washington with like less negotiating power like say Oregon or Washington eventually get a, a Big Ten uh, invite but they're like Yep, you're not going to get a full share like USC and UCLA are getting because we know that you have no chance, you have nothing else you can do. Um, there's, you know, maybe that you can go to the ACC or something, but I, I feel like it's going to like if you're not first out, you might it might hurt you a little bit more even on the way out. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, if I'm any school on um, 
So I think Oregon and Washington, they have enough like actual market power that people still value that content. But I think if you're the other schools um, that are, you know, fringe, uh, to put it kindly, um, take the best money offer you can get right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's no... There's no stability offered by the Pac-12 now that the L.A. schools are gone. There just isn't. Um, even if they do strike a deal for like a $28, 29000000 million a year contract for every school, there's still no stability. There's no long-term stability. So what value are you gaining by sticking at this point? It's got to be a purely financial decision and you know, not just financial short-term, but financial long-term. If you go to the Big 12 or if you take a um, – whatever, a three-quarter share deal at the Big Ten or whatever you have to do to get out, does that set you up to be viable as part of the, you know, new world order starting in eight, nine years when it finally, you know, starts to coalesce? Um, what well, already has started to coalesce, but when it finally, like, okay, these are the three leagues, these are the also-rans. Uh, yeah. You want to be in those three leagues, so start making the moves now to make that happen rather than, you know, like, even if it's $29 million a year for the Pac-12, if you get 26 to go to the Big 12, is that a better deal? Or if you get 20 to go to the Big 10, is that a better deal? Like, that's the stuff that you sort of have to start thinking about. So if you're George Klyovkov and you know that programs are on the verge of leaving, then it's like total Hail Mary time where you maybe try to put some kind of merger together with the ACC or the Big 12 and you're not really in a position of strength to negotiate there either. I mean, so this is just sort of like timing, right? Like if, uh, you know, you, you were holding a stock that was doing pretty well and you're like, Oh, I'm in good shape, but you haven't sold it. And then, you know, six months later, it's not doing as well. You're like, well, it was good. And like, well, it's not now, you, you know, and hard to tell, but the PAC 12 would have been better off signing a deal. You know, George Klyovkov's strategy was to kind of wait it out. And, the market changed and everything's changed now. And I feel like the Pac-12 missed the, its best window to get a, a, a great deal. Now, what are you trying to cobble together and all the different, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff kind of going on. Um, I want to get into all that more. I do want to talk quickly about the uh, going to Las Vegas. Here's Pac-12 mascots in Vegas, baby. Um, what were you, what were your thoughts? Do you think this was going to happen for sure? Are you what, happy I, about what, it? What, what what my thoughts on the thing I said? The Vegas. No, we're gonna we're gonna get back to that thing. I just want to like get to the Vegas thing. Oh, okay, because that was what we're supposed to talk. What about are my right? thoughts on Media Day? Yeah, being in Vegas. Yes. Oh, sorry, God, I forgot. Everyone, uh, just need to remind everyone. Ryan's favorite thing to talk about is media events that are not news themselves. <laughs> um, it's news. Okay, uh, the Pac-12 is going to do Media Day in Vegas. It makes sense because the LA schools are no longer part of the Pac-12. Um, that being said, it'll be fun for us. It is irrelevant to you. Please continue. You think it's irrelevant? Absolutely irrelevant. Media Day is a is a is just an opportunity for us to interview people. It yeah. is not in and of itself something to cover. This is something that drives me insane, and it's <laughs> started by the SEC because they started making it this event. It is an event. And it is an event for the SEC. It is not an event for the Pac-12. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They could make it an event. I kind of mockingly went to uh, Media Days last year and just tweeted about didn't tweet any news that anybody was saying. <laughs> I just tweeted about the event itself and how chintzy it was. It was pretty chintzy. Yeah. So hopefully they like they they spice it up for our last year. Yeah. 
yeah. All right. So that was the topic of the show. That was like, the, I was trying not to talk about the demise. Okay. But then you led with, oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, break the demise. <laughs> it's happening. That's the um, only way I break news, baby. Dennis Dodd had a story, speaking of the demise. Um, so he talked to some former Pac-12 coaches, and none of them were very optimistic either. Uh, Mike Bellotti, who's very involved in Pac-12, his quote was, all my life I've always been a West Coast guy. I can just see the Pac-12 falling apart. That's not good. Um, Dennis Erickson, uh, he was quoted in there. Rich Rodriguez and your favorite, Rick Neuheisel. The baby. By the way, who won a Rose Bowl as a head coach. So just so you know, uh, Rick Neuheisel. Drove, of- drove three entirely different Pac-12 programs into the mud. Uh, winning a Rose Bowl, though. Hey. You know, has UCLA done that yep. in your lifetime? Yep. How old were you? I was not sure. a month and a half. Rick Neuheisel, he's done it. Yeah, as a head coach, uh, but like a story like that where it's like you're not talking to Big Twelve uh, reporters who are like you know kind of rooting for the Pac-12 to die. These are like people that have been involved in the Pac-12 yep. for a long time. That was that was sort of damaged. I don't know if you got to check that one out from Dennis Dodd. Yeah, I saw CBS. it. I saw it. It was. Uh, it just kind of. I mean, the only and this is again what I was talking about last week with um, uh, digesting reporting from Wilner and Canzano. Um, uh, digesting the different voices you're hearing about this stuff, where are you hearing anything positive about the Pac-12? Literally one thing Ray Anderson said, um, and Ray Anderson, uh, well, how do we put it nicely, has not shown himself to be a paragon, paragon of competence. True, yes. And um, two reporters who are extremely tied in with the Pac-12, who are very good at their jobs, but are tied in with the Pac-12 as an organization. Where are you hearing negative things from? Almost every other avenue. Yeah. Um, every independent reporter, every national reporter who has any kind of in with any kind of TV. Like there's talk about eye on television. There's talk about all these different things that don't sound like the makings of a great deal. Yes. And then you hear from the individual institutions. Oregon State's AD was stopping well short. or president was stopping well short of saying anything about oh, the Pac-12 is definitely sticking together. Um, you've got all the the different. And look, I am as skeptical of message board posting as anybody because I've I've lived it. But every board has their one or two guys who are real like insiders who for whatever reason get their jollies posted on a message board. Yeah. You read those guys from these different boards and it's pretty obvious everyone is looking for their escape hatch, everyone is looking for their parachute out of here. Um that's not to say it couldn't, you know, maybe work out, but I I'd bet strongly against it at this point. I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's any positive momentum, any positive feelings. And without that, yes, they could be running in the dark on all of this stuff and they're just trying to keep it, you know, close to the chest. But um, these are, even if, if that were true, it would require you believing that these guys really want to take a huge PR hit for the next month or two months or however long it takes to produce that deal. And the last thing the Pac-12 needs right now is continued PR hits. They're already getting crushed. Yeah. Um, and unless you are running that deal in the dark and also keeping in tight communication with all these presidents and telling them, hey, we're running this deal in the dark, but there's something really good happening. And somehow they're keeping super quiet about it, too. None of this is really passing my smell test. I think the most believable thing is that they will get a deal of some sort. It's going to be underwhelming. And by the time they do it and by the time they release it, Things will have already happened. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's like my middle line guess at this point. That yes, he'll be able to negotiate something. It'll be like twenty four million dollars a year, but certain schools may have already like, decided decided to bounce at that point. Yeah. Even uh, you know, John Wilner, he had his uh survival like he had a point spread going on for Pac twelve survival and he had survival as a five and a half point favorite over destruction. And he's had that for months. Uh, he bumped that down to five. So I think it's like a 60%. He has 60% chance survival or something like that. But he said for every week that there's not a TV deal, he's going to drop it by a half a point. So even John Wilner is less, you know, is pointing more towards Pac-12 demise, which I don't want to see. I want to see them be able to hold this together. But I agree with you. Just reading everything you've read, you're not seeing like – I don't see the the obvious escape hatch or whatever you can do to to pull out some kind of deal that gets you visibility and gets you money and keeps everyone happy. It just I think the window was was missed. And uh, if do you ever see the listen to the March on and Oran sports media podcast? Like they talk about sports media a lot. Literally never. Okay. Literally, I've never heard of what you just said. Well, I don't know they they cover sports media uh, like Sports Business Journal and ESPN. I think. Uh-huh. Um, I forget where they're going, but you know, basically they're saying, where like, do you find the time to listen to all of these podcasts? I, well, I listened to like the part about the PAC 12. They talk about all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, but the PAC 12 stuff was kind of interesting. Um, basically saying that the PAC 12 missed their window, like I'd mentioned before, but ESPN right now, they're very cost conscious. Um, they want to get good deals. They're not going to overpay. So they're trying to be smart about deals. Fox CBS are out. It uh, looks like NBC is out. Amazon doesn't want a lot of games. They just want some marquee ones, but that's what ESPN would probably want. Apple bought all of MLS, and they probably would want to do that. So that's kind of more like a partner. But the, even the streamers, before you were trying to focus on subscribers, but they lose a crap load of money. Now they got to wor- worry about profit. So they have to worry about what they're paying for content. It's not just about getting um, you know more subscribers and things like that. So there's a lot more responsibility out there. And then... You know, you need linear TV if you want the visibility. There's a whole, you know, kind of college football ecosystem. Like when you sit down and watch college football on the weekends, if you're only on Apple, you're not going to be part of that ecosystem. So they had some interesting kind of things to say. And I'm not saying the Pac-12 can't do it, uh, but I, I I was thinking like, you ever play Yahtzee? You know, it's like if you, you know, you're, you're rolling things, you're trying to get all your twos and fours and sixes and all that kind of stuff. And you don't get that Yahtzee till the end, like, you're down by like 48 and you need to get a Yahtzee on your last roll. Like that's tough. It feels like that's what Klyovkov has to do. He has to pull off like this miracle Yahtzee on his last roll somehow. Otherwise they're not going to be able to get the good deal and schools are going to leave. So it, I agree with you. It just seems like at this point, nothing in the tea leaves are pointing to, Oh, I could see how the PAC 12 gets a great deal here. Maybe he could pull it off the miracle, but it's just seeming like you, it's going to be more and more of a miracle. Uh, the need of a miracle to happen the longer we go on. Did you ask me if I've ever played Yahtzee? Yeah. Do you play Yahtzee? Everyone's played Yahtzee. All right, I don't know. It's like the most simple game in the world. It's great. It's fun. I play on my phone now. You play Yahtzee on your phone by yourself? Uh, no, it's like you um, you play with other people. Like, Hold on. It's like Wars with Friends. Hang on. Playing with people you know or randoms? Uh, both. You just play Yahtzee? Yeah, there's like a game. I just play it. So Yahtzee is a random game. It's a random chance game. But you have to strategize where you put your, you know, 
Okay. Do you put it in chance? Are you okay. taking, taking a it, zero on Yahtzee? Okay. It's, a, it's a random chance game, though. Yes, like most games are. No. You no. roll a lot of... No, no. There's games you can play with other people and yourself that are that are strategic. You know, there's spades. There's hearts. There's games that require a little bit of acumen. Yahtzee isn't one of them. Yahtzee's a dice game. It's just yeah. pure roll and see what happens. See, West Texas Mike says the Pac-12 needs a miracle Yahtzee. Yes. They need to roll Yahtzee on their last Hang on, one. everyone. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> we got to talk about Ryan playing online Yahtzee with his friends on his phone. Scott says Larry Scott was the banker in Monopoly. Wow. I think he was. I'm I'm thrown by this. If, if you're thrown by this, please sound off in the chat. West Texas Mike has not played Yahtzee. You've never played Yahtzee? See? Okay, play some Yahtzee. Um, so Yahtzee's a great game. Yahtzee's a great party game. It's a great game to play when you're drunk because it's very simple. And you can make up like new like derivations of it. Like you can just say, okay, this time we're just gonna go straight in order. You can yes. only go straight in order. That's and yeah. you just have to hope for the best on the way down. Um, and it forces your hand. There's other ways to play. There's lots of different. That, that makes it very. That's less. That's all luck. Then if you're not like choosing, like, do I want to play? Only okay, but but yeah. but but when you describe what you're describing as not luck, like there's there's. This much, like this much skill. No, there's involved. skill involved. There's something. absolutely not. We would play. Uh, speaking of drunk games, some of our guy friends would get together. We play. We'd all play on our phones, like in a bar. And he called it bad shot Yahtzee. So, like, say there's four of us, we would all play a game, and whoever the lowest score would have to drink a terrible shot that the rest of the dudes would make up. They'd be like, oh, they'd put a little Tabasco with this yeah, tequila yeah. and uh, some so, orange soda or whatever it is, and they're like, you have to do that shot. All right, so when I was <laughs> when I was at my peak degenerate, right, okay. <laughs> uh, twenty, I was 23 just out of college. Um, I was living in a house, uh, my friend, his girlfriend's family's house that was vacant for like a few months. And so they just had us like, can you guys just be caretakers oh. and basically water the ivy? Just make sure the ivy doesn't die. Okay. It's this really nice place up in like Brentwood. Wow. Um, of course, we like watered the ivy four times the entire time we lived there for like four <laughs> months. But um, we were often like I was tutoring the LSAT and he was working at like the front desk of the 24 hour fitness. Like we were not we were not thriving in any real way. Lips for living in Brentwood, you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we found so the alcohol cabinet in this old house had a bunch of like mixed cocktails that were just like in like plastic bottles that this that the the couple who had lived there had like just kind of created over the years. Okay, and like a, a full alcohol shelf. So we were like, okay, we got to figure out some like good games. And literally, what we settled on was playing 1982 Trivial Pursuit, <laughs> and. <laughs> You would ask a question, and if the other person got it wrong, you would just pour a, a, like that much of one thing, whichever one you wanted to pick of any of the stuff, into their cup. And then when the other person would get a pie, that person would have to drink what's in their cup. Oh, jeez. And it's 1982 Trivial Pursuit. So the history stuff didn't really change, but the like, like pop, pop culture. culture was insane. It was great. Highly recommend. Nice. Yeah. Especially stuff with before you were born. Yes. It was a, it was beautiful. I love it. I mean, the game was from before I was born. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, <coughs> yeah. So there was also, you mentioned the Ion stuff, which I didn't really know what that was. But we had like a fight. We had a, a Twitter fight between uh, Brett McMurphy and Stuart Mandel. Uh, Brett McMurphy reported that Ion was a, a player in the the Pac-12 whatever they were interest there was interest there 
And Stuart Mandel tweeted out like that was not the case. And he went on and, and uh, Brett McMurphy went on the solid verbal and talked about it. I'm sure he's went on other places and stuff too. But I, I mean, if there are, it's a network that is in a lot of TV markets that is trying to get into sports. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I think if you're Klafkov, you probably have to listen to everybody. Or try <laughs> to listen to but, everybody. But if we offered to show the Pac-12 for $20 million per school, they'd have to... You would have to listen to us. We would simulcast it. Yeah. Simulcast it. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like the Pac-12 was... There was any kind of talk or there was interest at all? I kind of think there might have been something. I don't think it matters, honestly. Yeah. Um, the, the details are what the details are. I think the reality is they're grasping at straws. So... Yeah, that's what it is. Do you see the um, so we have regional sports networks like uh, here in L.A. You have Spectrum, uh, Bally, I think, is one that they, they do like I think they might do Clipper stuff or uh, Angel or some of that kind of stuff. But there's these regional sports networks that are like shutting down. Um, so I think it, that's all part of this whole landscape is like they do live sports and they're highly localized, but. Um, a lot of them are shutting down. They have to kind of figure out what these media rights are. I guess they pay a lot of money for the rights. I know like Spectrum plays a lot, pays a lot to show Laker games. Um, and they have blackouts and things like that. And you can't, you know, if the Lakers are on TNT. They'll black it out. Sometimes you can't watch it. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of issues with these, you know, with that as well. So, I mean, that I, I don't think, you know, I think it's somewhat related to what the PAC 12 is going through, but it's, it's not the best. Like it's not a time where people are just spending lots of money, which I think the Pac-12 was sort of banking on. It's just not, it doesn't seem like that's the landscape right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Um, and uh, it's a it's a very very uncertain situation for them. And like again, it comes down to timing. Timing is bad. Timing was bad. Yeah, it's it's been bad. It's been five years of really bad for the Pac-12. You know, it's just the league went to shit. The pandemic happened, sports media consolidation, all this stuff. And Larry Scott put them in a really bad position where they couldn't negotiate at all ahead of it. Um, so it's going to lead to the death. I don't know if it's going to be this cycle or if it's going to be five years from now, but I, I don't think there's a Pac-12 in 10 years. Wow. Uh, your cousin Brian Wood. Larry Scott was the prime suspect in Clue, the Pac-12 version. Yeah. And then exploring with... Uh... With Ben and Sam, he killed the Pac-12 in the kitchen with a hammer. You know what they should do? Get really outside the box. You know what the Pac-12 should do? Offer their own streaming service that you pay on demand for, but partner with 247 Sports. Okay. Combine the subscription costs. So, like, make it 20 bucks a month. Okay. You also get thrown in a subscription to your team's message board with your subscription to the streaming feed. I like it. There you go. Well, like you, we already get that with Paramount Plus, right? Like, you yeah, no, get... throw it all together, all together, make it a thirty dollar thing. And apparently, Paramount Plus and Showtime are merging or something. So there's a whole thing kind of going on with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of cool monopolies going on. Add we uh, love monopolies. Add the Pac-12 to uh, to that too. Uh, Noah G. Pac-12 on Nickelodeon. Pac-12 after dark on Nick at Night and Chip Kelly getting slimed. I think that's a winner. Um. And then Cheeky Bruin says, God, I'd kill to see SpongeBob and Patrick commenting on Pac-12 rivalry games. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Good stuff there. So try not to talk about the demise of the Pac-12, but I didn't really have much else besides Pac-12 Media Day going to Las Vegas. There just wasn't a whole lot else going on. Um, 
We don't want the Pac-12 to die. No. It would be it would be fun for us to continue to do this podcast, even though we're covering. There would be part like it would be such a great shtick that we are still covering the Pac-12 and and the teams that we cover are not part of the conference anymore. But we can't do that. We don't even have that option if the Pac-12 disintegrates. No, no, we'll be. I mean, then we really would have to keep the name and all of the branding because it would be funnier that way. <laughs> If it's if it's literally the podcast of champions, yeah, yeah. and also like at Pac twelve podcast, (laughs) like that would be great. Um, As an homage to Larry Scott, it would be awesome. Like five years from now, we're covering like Cal and D three, Stanford in the Ivy League, uh, Arizona's in Utah and Colorado in the Big Twelve, four other schools in the Big Ten, Washington State and Oregon State in the Mountain West. Be fun, you know. And we don't even. We have to like pull up how to find Cal's D three games. That'd be so fun. That would be good. Uh, we'd have like yeah, we'd like have an instruction manual. I used to do when it first started. Like I used to put on usafootball.com. People would give me a list of bars around the footprint of, of the the conference that carried the Pac twelve network. So literally trying to get help people. Like I made a reference of like oh if you're in San Francisco. This bar has Pac-12 Network, so you could watch it there because most bars like did it. They all had DirecTV and stuff. Um, so yeah, I used to we used to do that. So it'd be fun to like. Here's how you could watch Cal football, um, you know, playing Baptist or some shit like whatever it is. <laughs> like I don't know what they'd be doing. It's just I, some dude with a video camera that has a live feed option. Oh yes, just uh, like Learfield. Uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like be... it's apparent. <laughs> Tommy247, 31 at whatever. Oh, what, follow him on Vine, and he will show you six-second clips of the game at a time. They, they just TikTok. It's just TikTok. That'd it's be it's so a good. Twitch stream. I do feel bad, though, because we talk about the corner schools a lot, and we talk about Oregon and Washington. Uh-huh. But what about Washington State, Oregon State, and, like, Cal Stanford? Like, I feel like Washington and Oregon State are sort of, like, hoping to get – you know, rescued, like just kind of, they're kind of along for the ride. I feel like Cal and Stanford are a different position where behind the scenes, they could be actively like doing things to not help George Klyovkov. Like, no, we don't want to let you add any teams. We're not going to, you can't add like an SMU. I kind of feel like they might be doing that kind of stuff behind the scenes, but they're going to be left like the last one to turn the lights off. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I'm, I feel bad that we don't get to talk about those schools, but they're not really in a position of of power right now. They have no leverage, so yeah. it's going to be when the dust settles, where do they go? And it's not like they're without options. I mean, I think the reality is if the Pac-12 blows up, they're probably Mountain West, but that's fine. I mean, it's if you're Oregon State and Washington State, your chances of a conference title are – they're not zero in the Pac-12, but they are like – you know, once every 10 years, they're going to have a team that's good enough to try. Right. And that's like, and that's, but that's what your program is. And so in the mountain West, that might up to two or three out of every 10 years, something like that. Um, Or more, or more. Um, You might become dominant powers in a mountain West. And the big thing is um, how often are you competing for a playoff? Anyway, you don't need that access really. And, to be honest, only like two schools in the Pac-12 really did anyway. Three schools, maybe. Um, so I, I don't know that it hurts you that much. Like the the finances will be different, the whole thing. But 
um, from a competitive standpoint, you know, it's, it is what it is. Brian Wood says UCLA subsidizes Cal and D3. I like that. Love it. We also have uh, a dog's life in Portland, the podcast formerly of champions. Could that be us? We're just the podcast champions, baby. We're not. Okay. After we're not a little while, it just becomes us. We're the um, champions. Yeah. So uh, Brian wrote in and said on the chat, Pac-12 couldn't get distribution on linear TV. Look at this show's catchphrase above the logo. How do they expect to get streaming distribution? Well, streaming distribution is easy. Yeah. Anybody with an internet connection can get it, streaming distribution. Yeah. Um, that's a, DirecTV was a gatekeeper because it kept it off of um, cable you, channels. You literally you, couldn't watch you it. You can't keep something off of the internet. Like, and that's the, th- I mean, you can. I mean, Chinese state media might have problems with it. But uh, in if the Pac-12 partners with Paramount Plus or whatever the hell, uh, then that network is going to very easily be able to distribute it to anyone. Yeah, and, it, and there's plenty of people that have like Amazon Prime that don't watch Amazon TV, but if you're like, oh, I like uh, Oregon State and it's going to be on Amazon Prime, like, oh, I guess I should download that or watch it. You know, you can yeah. kind of do that. Totally. Um, Chris on, in the chat says, the Pac-12 needs to play their games earlier when the rest of the USA is watching, maybe 3 or 4 p.m. The problem, Chris, is you could put Say Amazon or Apple gets the game and you're going to put them all like a lot of them in these primetime windows. It's probably not going to help with viewership because like Alabama's playing LSU at the same time. And so that, you know, it's you can put them in a good window, but a lot of those good windows are taken by great games already. So you without USC and UCLA, it just hurts some of the inventory and some of the more compelling games that you would have in the Pac-12. And that's part of the problem. The Pac-12 can still try to own the night window, you know, the, the dreaded night games, but you're going to see probably more of the Big 12 doing that too. Um, I think for Fox, they have the Mountain West, so they'll probably put some Mountain West games on those windows. But I think the Pac-12, I think Wilner talked about not just Friday night, I mean, not just Saturday night, but also Friday night might be a, a, a special, you know, a, a good window too to try to get the most eyeballs. So that might be the Pac-12's best chance for the best visibility. It's not... The three or four o'clock games, it's the seven thirty games. It's um but this is part of the kind of short term thinking I was talking about last week, which is oh, but but that's how we get the the extra couple of million from ESPN or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, that is how you can get an extra couple of million from ESPN to have seven thirty games on a Saturday night every single week and you know, occasional eight o'clockers, um, and have weeknight games that are at seven thirty in Los Angeles, like they were doing for UCLA and USC. It's also a great way to kill your own fan base and make it mm. so they don't want to come to games, make it so they don't want to stay up late to watch games, make it so your students really don't want to come to games. It's it's a it's a great way to um, cannibalize your own fan base and uh, at the just to get a few extra bucks from these national TV networks. That isn't how a college can operate. That isn't how college athletics athletics can operate. The NFL can operate in whatever way that serves the uh, TV media gods. And that's not to say that you do things like stupidly and have every game at noon or whatever, but you got to make decisions that are in the best interests of your university. Um, and I say singular because the presidents need to take a bigger role here and they need to say things like, well, okay, our rule for our university, if we're going to be part of a media deal, is we're only going to have two 730 games all year. So if the games have to be at other times, that's fine. They can be streaming only. They can be on some other thing. That's totally fine. 
but they need to be earlier in the day so that our fans can have a good experience watching them. Um, because the money isn't going to be the Pac-12 and uh, uh, every school that's not in the Big Ten or the SEC is a little bit liberated by the idea that you're never going to match the money from those two conferences. You're never yeah. going to come close to it. So money matters from a minimum standpoint. You need a minimum amount of money to still operate your thing. But beyond that, you need to start thinking about, okay, well, what's actually in the best? Let's let's just pump the brakes a little bit. What's in the best interest of our university? Yeah. What placement? Where do we want to be? What times do we want to play? Um, where can we get that flexibility? Where can we where can we build the connections with our fan base? Because I'll tell you, as a student, I was an obsessive sports obsessive. Like I wanted them to do well and win games and go to you know the BCS or whatever. But most of the students wanted to go to games, get extremely drunk, cheer really loud, and then go home. They don't care about the like dynamics of you know whether we're going to win or lose it doesn't matter if you're in the mountain west or the pac-12 or the big 12 or the big 10 just want to go to the game get drunk cheer that's it um and that's the experience that will carry forward and make them want to continue to do that and maybe not as much the get drunk but go to games and cheer really loud and then introduce it to their kids when they're young alumni and older alumni and that's the stuff that you don't want to destroy that experience just to get $3 million extra dollars per school per year uh, yeah. from ESPN for a 730 slot where you're going to end up with half attendance. Um, exploring with Ben and uh, Sam. Definitely have to be careful on timing. I love late night games, but as noted, fans can only take so much of those, especially when going to the games or living in a later time zone like I do. Yeah. Um, and he says, I still watch everything, but when the game is ending at 1 a.m. Central or later even, it does wear on you. It really does. I mean, I did it for four years when I was in Georgia where I was on East Coast time watching um, nothing but – and it felt like at that time because that was in the middle of like the worst scheduling nightmares um, when it was just like – it felt like UCLA had like nothing but 730 games. It was when Chris yeah. Peterson was complaining about Washington always having nothing but 730 games. Yeah. And I was uh, staying up till, and I had to work afterwards, you know, right about the game. I was staying up till two or three in the morning on Saturdays. It's brutal, absolutely brutal if you want to watch those games. Yeah. Um, and that shouldn't be a feature. But the thing is, I'm an older guy now. And you know what's absolutely brutal? Staying up till 11 to watch these games. <laughs> like, I'm tired. I'm really tired by the end of a Saturday because I'm just like, I. And I've got to, like, write about it afterwards. I'm like, fuck, I can't do this. <laughs> um, but as just Joe fan, it's it's a chore. Um, it becomes a chore, and it becomes a chore that you might turn off at halftime. Or yeah. you might just be like, I'm not going to make a plan to watch that game. I want to do something else on my Saturday night. Um, if you've got young kids, when are you bringing them to a game? You know? When are you doing the stuff that introduces a new group of fans? When are you doing that stuff? Because you got noon games in September – for God knows what reason. And then you've got, you know, night games throughout the fall. Well, kids have to go to school. They have to, and, and they don't have to go to school on Sundays, but they have to, you know, not go to bed at 11. Yeah. Um, it's just, or midnight, whenever you get home from the Rose Bowl. Um, so anyway, a lot of, a lot of factors, but I think um, it's, it's incumbent upon the presidents to start thinking about these things as um, more, um, uh, 
lifestyle, holistic, start thinking about things more than just the dollars and cents because the dollars and cents are not going to be matching anybody else anyway. And in the grand scheme of your university, three million dollars isn't going to make the end make make or break anything. Yeah, but I think just the visibility wise too. I mean, you got the whole Christian McCaffrey thing. Like, if you're not being viewed and you have, you know, if it would be a shame if like a Michael Penix doesn't win a Heisman because people aren't watching his games, you know, things like that. So I think you got to worry about that too. But the but, but, it's, but, it, but it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Because yeah. any who's staying up to watch the seven thirty game on the East Coast or whatever, they're not. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, but they're not doing that, and they're not watching the streaming. So the people you're trying to access, unfortunately, your school is located on the West Coast. It's not located so in Nebraska. Yeah. If you can move it to Nebraska, maybe you'll have a chance. But otherwise, no, your school's on the West Coast. You just got to live with some of this stuff, which is why I'm saying holistic thinking. Like, Think about, okay, what's best for the fan base, what's best for the university, what's best for our athletes, the whole thing. And come up with that decision. Um, and, yeah, you need a minimum amount of money. But you need a minimum amount of money. Modest Cowboy East brings up a topic I wanted to discuss, too. Um, fun game. How long does the ACC stick together? And who's the schools you think will break their grant of rights? So if you're hearing about this, Florida State's come out. Um, you know They're not unhappy with this. long. If the ACC has a deal similar in money to what the Big 12 has, but they're tied in through 2036, I believe. Yeah. So really tied up a long time. And if you're Florida State, you're trying to compete with Florida, well, Florida's going to make like three times as much as you. And same thing with Clemson. You know, they were in the national title games and won all those championships, and uh, it's going to be hard for them to kind of keep up in, in the Miamis of the world trying to get back on things. So there's a, some unhappy people in the ACC. I don't know. I mean, any sort of instability – outside of the Pac-12 instability is probably good for George Klyovkov, that maybe there's some miracle deal you could try to pull off if, if the ACC could kind of rip up their grant of rights and sign some bigger, different agreement. That might keep people happy. They're talking about uneven revenue sharing and different options that they have there. But uh, any thoughts on the ACC and, and you know potentially having some fracturing, even though they're locked into that long-term deal? Um, and then could it help the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, the ACC is in as... Uh, I won't say quite as bad shape as the Pac-12, but only because their deal is so much longer. Um, if they were coming up right now, I think the conversation would be much, much more about uh, the ACC being immediately dead. Like, I think if the ACC's contract was up next year, it'd be almost all of those schools would be at different homes right now. Um, they would probably be breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just the market. It's be hard for well, them to sign it's, a good deal. It's, it's not a cohesive league, and it never has been. It's, you know, they've got weird, disparate things going on. You've got Boston College and Florida State in the same league. Like, it doesn't, these aren't the same thing. Um, and uh, unlike the Pac 12, the Pac 12 is, you know, there's mission and stuff that's very cohesive between the, the, the different schools in the league. Like, I think if the presidents had their way and it was just, the money was just a little bit better, they'd stick together no matter what. Yeah. Um, the ACC doesn't have that, so it's going to break up. Um, I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay the buyouts. I think, you know, if you're um, ESPN or Fox, uh, the ones who are leading this um, consolidation and destruction of the sport, uh, you're probably willing to pay Florida State's buyout. You're probably willing to pay Miami's buyout, right? I think the buyouts are like over $100 billion, but that's – but then – the ACC retains your rights for like home games. Like you would, it'd be even more than that. I think like the grant of rights is like, 
Someone tweeted, I, I saw like Andy Staples retweet it. Like, if you're Florida State, you pay or get, you get out of the contract. And then you, all you do is play road games. So you don't have to worry about losing the revenue. <laughs> you just play road games for years. And then. I, 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 so kind of I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not going to pretend to be. I would think any contract that that's stringent is probably not going to hold up if you actually challenged it. Um, but I don't know. I think it'd be expensive. Like you could. Probably I think it would be very it, expensive. Yeah. I think you have to buy out some section of it. But I think once you buy it out, you buy it out. Like I don't know if there's, I, there, if they didn't have any sort of escape clause or if they didn't have any ability to challenge it, then that would be very stupid on their part. Because um, when did they sign that stupid thing? It was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, in that landscape, to uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it's obviously not stable. It's obviously not going to work out long term. I think. You're going to come to a point here where maybe Florida State or one of these universities, because you need, is it unanimous vote to break it up or is it just a majority vote to break it up from the member institutions? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think it might be a majority. And if it's a majority, maybe ESPN or Fox or whichever one of the conglomerates wants to uh, blow up the ACC agrees to pay off, you know, six of the schools to change their votes. I don't think ESPN wants to break it up because they have a sweetheart deal with them. Okay. Well, then whoever, Fox, whoever yeah. wants to acquire these things to put them yeah. in the ACC or put them in the Big Ten or the SEC, um, it doesn't matter. I mean, whichever one, because it's one of them, uh, then you've you've got it. But you're right. ESPN probably is incentivized to keep them together. Um, it depends on how much actual collusion is going on between ESPN and Fox and how yeah. much competition. Because they already get up, they're getting them cheap. You know, if they had to get them, if they had got yeah. like Florida State and Miami and Clemson and the SEC, they're gonna be paying more for them. Like they got them, they got them on the cheap right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? You want to take a break? We get some questions. You didn't want to talk about my, my backyard. Uh, we'll do that right after the break. <laughs> all right. Back in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, everyone, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. Um, we do have some more uh, breaking news here, as as Dave mentioned earlier. First of all, we had hail in Southern California. I'm so, told it's grapple. Grapple? Yes. Not hail? That's what I was told. What's the difference? I don't know. I think I was taking a nap when the hail was happening because I didn't see it in Hermosa, but you know, maybe. But I, I see it all over social media. You saw it all over social media. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are posting a lot of posting Instagram. their videos. There, there's some videos and stuff. Yeah, our own David Woods. Yep, uh, who lives in uh, beautiful El Segundo. <laughs> Don't call it Smell Segundo, El Segundo, California. 
Beautiful El Segundo. Right near the airport. So when we're doing remote and you can hear airplanes, that's why, because it's literally right near the airport. Mm -hmm. He posted uh, this video. I will play it for you. Yep. There it is. Mm. Gorgeous, gorgeous yard. You can see the grovel. Or whatever it's grapple, 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 grapple. Um, and uh, but a lot of people, a lot of people started roasting me from my backyard, kind of commenting on your backyard with the yeah, yeah. the plastic chairs, the the garbage cans the, being near the the, the, the children's plants. toys scattered around. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming the overgrown grass and uh, yeah, the, and poppies. the lack of lawn care. Yeah, I'm not a uh, farmer. Okay, yeah, um, I'm not a landscaper. But a lot of people were kind of. They were clowning on it, and they were saying they were, you were clowning on a particular show, The Last of Us, The Last of Us, which isn't good. And they were saying your backyard looks like it's, you know, a scene from The Last yeah, of yeah. Us. I was getting is roasted. That, is that fair? I think it's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair. Um, if for our podcast listeners, you get to see the the hail or mm-hmm. the grapple or whatever you want to call it, falling down from the sky. It was pretty amazing, like to see that that we're here in Southern California, like in a desert basically with with cement poured over it uh near near the ocean and you're seeing this kind of uh weather anomaly happening here i mean it's i think for the next week or so we're not even going to get highs above in you know into the 60s which is you know anything below like 65 is like cold like people are wearing like would you like to know the difference between grapple and hail i would love to uh, according to the National Weather Service, grapple is snow that melts and becomes super cooled as it falls through a warm surface and forms ice pellets. Grapple is softer than hail, which is pure ice formed in thunderstorms. Ha- hail is made up of frozen raindrops of ice from thunderstorms. The texture is hard and solid. So maybe because of the warmth that there's, it's a little warmer. You know, I guess up where in the clouds that it was cold enough to form into correct ice, and then it goes through a warm warmer area yeah um so this was i think grapple because i picked up some of it and it felt like snow okay uh dog's life in portland says you know they know something about bad weather hail being large hard grapple is small and light speaking of portland uh the the most um the most incisive bit of commentary about my backyard was that and this is true having lived in portland for three months it looks like every backyard in portland (laughs) Nice. Um, Brian Wood says Big Ten weather. It was. It was pretty Big Ten weather yeah, it was. out here in Southern California. It sure was. was. Uh, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so we did that. Uh, let's get to some questions. I think our first one is Coach B, if I am not mistaken. You're mistaken. Shout out to my guy, Perk, in Indianapolis, Indiana. What up, dudes? Got to send love to my new guy, Perk, from Indiana. And I hope you guys don't mind. Reading this for me. Last season, we hired a coach from Terre Haute North High, a high school in Indianapolis. No shit. His name is Dave, too. Talk about the perfect home and home. Dave, if we could schedule the rural California high school versus big city Indiana high school game the same week that UCLA goes to Bloomington, will you be joining us to sweeten the pot? I will get you a temp coach, a temporary coach's pass. You can... Uh, fetch the kicking tee as an honorary ball boy. I'll just need a $32 donation to pay for printing and administration charges. You will need to bring your own cleats. Wear black Adidas. Thank guys. Thank you, guys. You rock, Coach B. And he says, well, Coach B, just to shut you up for all. Oh, um, oh I'm sorry. Did you? Did oh, this you, is for me. Did you respond to that? No. 
Oh. Well, Coach B, just to shut you up for once with your endless emails, I'm going to do you a solid. I, D. David Woods, on this day, Tuesday, March, or Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, at 10.17 a.m., about one hour after starting the simulcast, solemnly pledged to cover the cost of the trip for you and your entire team, including flights, hotels, and food. Oh. So I should have read ahead. You should have read the whole thing. I should have. Um, oh, boy. Well, now it's on. Now it's on record. Yeah, now I'm on record. I'm so I'm paying for the entire thing. Congrats, congrats to uh, California High School. All right, uh, this is from our friend Thomas. Meet the old boss. Uh, this, this looks long. I'm guessing varying levels of coherence. <laughs> hey there, Ryan and Dave. I was in the middle of uh, starching some new Mack Weldon underwear for George Klyavkov this weekend as I began hearing in the background your 600-word-plus colloquium on the Pac-12's impasse in getting a new TV deal. Although I found it immensely entertaining listening to Ryan live rent-free in David's cranium for 10 minutes, it also became less and less clear during the segment what both of you really saw as a downside to a 100% streaming distribution model for the Pac-12. I get the preoccupation with demographic shifts and channel surfing, cord cutting, home ownership, and the logistics of watching a three-hour sporting event on a device with a battery that lasts 120 minutes and the like. But then it dawned on me, the new boss isn't going to be different than the last one. Lest we forget, all TVs manufactured today are effectively smart, prepackaged with apps such as Netflix or Disney+. Plus. The same apps that my seven-year-old son uses to watch programming on his iPad, the same tablet that I absconded with on Saturday evenings to watch college football after the rest of the family is ready to move on to the next season of Outer Banks. The same iPad that has an app that allows to watch Comcast, wait for it, outside my home. But unlike Pac-12 After Dark, the aforementioned uh, streaming services lack one important feature, commercials. Uh, like the old saying goes, you don't pay for TV, TV, TV pays for you. So in that sense, I think what the remaining Pac-12 presidents have to realize is that by not coming up with ancillary programming like the Paul Feinbaum show or True South, the network effectively already turned itself into essentially pay-per-view TV. Getting America's benevolent broadcast overlords to use sports as a loss leader is just as much about subscribers than it is halftime ads for Jake Browning's House of Arm Length Noodles, Petra's doing endorsements for Blue Chew, and yes, John Canzano shilling for Shoe Mill. The real frustration I have with Resort Fee George is that coming from the gaming industry, he should be very skilled at finding ways to lure people into watching irrelevant spectacles in overwrought venues, fleece them of their money, and be happy about it. Say what you want about his predecessor, but Champagne Larry's $6,000 a night suite at the Aria at least made sure that the Pac-12 tournament got more coverage in the national news. So just like a certain Reddit page, it's best to remember that not only is content king, but advertisers pay the bill. Keep up the great work mapping those truck stops, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. I mean, when you're watching like Amazon for NFL football, like they still show commercials. Right, like this isn't like also uh, most of these things show commercials now. Even Netflix has a commercial tier. Um, Hulu shows commercials. Yeah, um, all th the ones that don't show commercials are actually rarer than the ones that do. So I don't again understand the point. Um, yes, I think any streaming model that they build, anything that they do, is going to require additional commercial revenue to make it make sense for the network or streaming service that offers the deal. Like they have to show commercials. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, like I was watching Hulu. And uh, do you ever, do you see the bear? Have you watched that I, one? I did watch the bear. Do you like St it? Stressed me out, but yes, did it. I, I like. I I had a friend that works in fine dining, and so I knew some of the terms. But if you didn't, if I didn't know those terms, it would have been like, what is going on here? What's staging and family meal and all this kind of stuff? But it was. I, I really like the show. But you're watching it, and it's showing commercials. You know, um, even though it's streaming and it's you know made for Hulu, 
Yeah. Um, but I, guess, I think they probably have a non-commercial tier too, right? Like you could pay for something. Yeah. To... I wish The Last of Us had commercials. I've, I'm going to try to watch it. Don't. I had a friend that... So the first two episodes are pretty good. It's it's like episode three is fine. Um, and then it's just... I told my friend about what you said that they don't show like how they po- you get to the apocalypse. But she was saying that they bopped around and they actually do that. They actually... No, they don't. They don't? No. Okay. No, no, no. What you get is you get two flashbacks. Um, okay. These romantic interludes, um, which are both like fine in and of themselves. But when you realize what they're sacrificing to do so. So in this show, I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. <laughs> in this show, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey story. It's going from Boston to a place off in the West, kind of like semi-mythical. They, they think there's a place where they can... I'm not divulging big secrets. Okay. She's not. She's like immune to the virus. Yeah. So they're going to a place where they might be able to make a cure or whatever. But classic trope, classic story. Like this is all classic stuff. And then, like Lord of the Rings, you got to get to the mountain. Literally, what we get is there's a 1500 mile journey to Kansas City where we see like two scenes. Again, they're 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 traveling through an apocalyptic wasteland that has been a wasteland for 20 years, and we see two scenes. One of them just sleeping in a truck. Okay, that's that's. So they're not showing you that. They're not showing you the journey. How did you get to the twenty years? Then we hang out in Kansas City for two episodes. Then they no longer have the truck. They go on foot to Wyoming. We literally get like a jump cut from Kansas City to three months later. They're in Wyoming. And and it's and and these are the trade offs they're making. The trade off is we get these romantic interlude stories. These two of the seven episodes so far have been these interludes, which again are fine in and of themselves. But think about what you're sacrificing from an adventure story, from a, a, a journey story, but also from a relationship story between the two main characters this father figure and this daughter figure. We're sacrificing time with them. So we can get extraneous information about other things that went on in the past between people who are not in the story. Gotcha. It's uh, bizarre storytelling. Okay. Um, so you're not a fan. So I will not watch. No, no. I mean, make your own choices. Make your own decisions. But uh, what I'll say is the first episode's pretty damn good. Second episode's fine. Third episode is fine. Um, and then you get into uh, the Kansas City stuff, which is a complete drag. But it's probably the most zombie-heavy stuff. Okay. And then um, episode six is fine, uh, getting back into the journey a little bit. And then episode seven was, once again, just this interlude that um, you know takes you completely out of the story that's actually like the main thrust of the story. Yeah. My friend had not seen The Walking Dead. So, I mean, there's it sounds like there's a lot of similarities, right, with that. Yeah, yeah. And she was talking about like it's not just the zombies. I'm like, yeah, that, that's always a theme. It's just no, like, no, no. It's but the, that's the, the thing people is, are bad too. Well, that's know? the thing is it takes the like the most tedious themes from The Walking Dead, applies a little bit of varnish to them. Like it's you know more well acted. There's better actors involved. Maybe a slightly higher quality of writing. But it's the same like just absolutely tedious theme where the real monsters aren't the zombies. Yeah, the real <laughs> monsters are the other people. Um, which it, it, it's. You can do that well, and you can do it poorly, and I don't think it's doing it particularly well. Um, and then adding the uh, – I tweeted this yesterday, but adding then the fast travel elements from the worst seasons of Game of Thrones so that you're not actually seeing any of the adventure, any of the building relationship, any of that stuff. All you're just seeing is like, oh, we, we, we'll we come back to them when there's more plot to divulge. Not like 
you know, they're going to like banter while they're journeying across the country and, you know, learn about each other. And he saves her life once she saves his life once. They also like just have like moments of levity, like all that kind of stuff. That's part of a, a relationship story, part of a, a journey story. Mm. No, none of that. Mm. I think it's assuming that many, 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 many people have played the game. Many of them. Um, and way more than actually have. Yeah. I haven't played the game, but uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, from Mark, it's about the money. I believe that the decision to have any college uh, college playoff is what has led to all of the conference breakups, etc. The mantra was to have to play it out in the field. We can't have a poll of sports writers or coaches deciding who is number one. Remember when college football was like prior to the playoffs, good teams went to bowl games, and if your team won, you had a great season. Old, fat, rich alumni arguing who was number one. Games were scheduled when fans wanted to attend them. And you had the season schedule in May, allowing one to plan ahead. Now, only one team and their alumni are happy at the end of the season. Games are scheduled a week in advance with absolutely no consideration of fan attendance. The good news is that the media is making themselves rich. And I don't think you understand how that works. And uh, David is correct that they don't give a S about anything else. Bowl games are going bye-bye. Coaches have certainly benefited as well uh, with eight-figure uh, annual salaries. Players are going to receive something that will be a pittance when compared to the risks they take. Hey, since the NFL screws their players, why shouldn't college presidents approve the same structure as it helps fundraising? Part of the issue is the NCAA structure that needs to be blown up. Who would design a ruling body which oversees Occidental College by the same rules as UCLA? Does that make any sense? Only if you are a college president that wants to continue the status quo and can deflect the blame to the NCAA. Don't expect you to read the above, as it's too long. You don't know us. Uh, but we'd love to hear your opinion on the above, and given the, that the genie is out of the bottle, what would your solution be? I, this actually speaks to kind of what I was saying earlier. Um, I think it. Uh, I think the, the universities have to make other decisions. They have to start uh, leveraging their own power, but also just like leveraging their own interests, um, because the TV networks have made a decision which is that the Pac-12 is irrelevant. That's the decision they've made. Um, and right or wrong, but that's what it is. Um, so you can sit there begging for the scraps, or you can say, okay, well, if we're irrelevant, if that's the determination from these things, we're not going to win. We're not going to get $35, $40 million a year from ESPN or from Fox or whatever. So if we're not doing that, if we're not being competitive money-wise, so w what does the future look like for us? What is it? What do we want our athletics programs to look like? What do we want to be? Um, and that allows for some quality of life decisions that aren't possible when you're running the rat race. Um, it's sort of like if if you're um, a working Joe and you're not ever going to be rich, you can make quality of life decisions that maybe a person who's an eye banker, who's you know having to work eighty hours a week in you know that. Uh, industry, yeah, they make a lot more money, but they drop down from that lifestyle. It's a it's a tough tough one. Yeah, um, you can make quality of life decisions. You can say, well, what would make our fan base happier? What would make um, alumni more likely to give to our university? Um, what would make uh, the game day experience better? Um, all these things that uh, you can't make when you're in the rat race. When you are, oh God. We gotta we gotta be able to pay ten million dollars to a coach. Well, if you're working state right now, your your dreams of paying ten million dollars to a coach are gone. Yeah, you're never doing that. 
So, okay, well, we've got Jonathan Smith. Hopefully we can keep him at, you know, $3 million, $4 million a year. And uh, we're just going to do that. And uh, we've got enough money for that. We've got enough money for our facilities currently. We can maybe plan on doing an upgrade every 20 or 30 years. Uh, and otherwise, we're just going to have what we have. Well, okay. Well, suddenly you're liberated a little bit. You don't have to say, oh, God, we got to eke out, you know, $4 million more million a year from this TV deal because we've got to be able to, you know, yeah, go sign the best defensive coordinator in the world. No, no. you don't. You don't. Um, especially if you drop down a level. Um, so... I don't know. I think there's there's ways in which this move, while uh, hurting the competitive standing of a lot of the schools, may actually help in um, fan relations if the presidents make the right decisions, if they decide. If it sort of resets the rules in the game. Like, reset what's, the rules. What's really important. And yeah. it, we're not talking about like going Ivy League, but maybe uh, – Maybe Well, maybe dialing back a little bit of the um, the – the you know got to keep up with the joneses ideas because yeah. you're not going to that's already been decided for you you didn't even have to make that decision yep all, all right, right. Uh, i think you're up next yep all right this is from frank in sacramento the future is now ryan and dave the big 10 universities of illinois indiana iowa maryland michigan minnesota nebraska wisconsin michigan state northwestern ohio state penn state purdue and rutgers will soon be joined by usc and ucla why not also add Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, and Notre Dame to make a, to create a super conference as follows? Uh, the East would be Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame. The Central would be Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois. The West would be Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Cal, Nebraska, USC, UCLA. The great rivalries could be preserved, and the conference champ could be decided by a two-team playoff with the best team getting a bye. The Big Ten would beat the SEC to the eventual college football playoff and beyond. To the eventual no to the eventual college football endpoint, Frank and Sacramento. Uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds nice and ideas, but I, I don't, I don't know I, why it hasn't happened yet. Who knows? Yeah. I will say, um, yeah, there's another idea. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out there. I've said this a couple of times, but what if you just made a super duper conference, mm -hmm. right? Okay, say you had 128 <laughs> teams or so. Right, I know where this is going. And one of the divisions was a West Coast division, and not just coastal, but like you got like the West region involved. And say you had the California schools that we're talking about, right? The ones you just mentioned here. And then you had Washington and Oregon, but you also gave them travel partners: Washington State and Oregon State. And you added in Arizona and Arizona State, and Utah and Colorado. Maybe Utah and Colorado. Maybe they could be in a different region. Maybe they could be in like a a Midwest or a Texas region. Who knows? Um, but if you did those divisions. Across the country. And that way you're keeping things pretty regional so that travel isn't too onerous on all the players. Um, and you're allowing them to like build build rivalries between these different schools. I don't know. I think we might have something there. It could work. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy enough to work. So the Pac-12 has to get like basically bought and then like yeah. become a subsidiary instead of a, their own yeah, yeah. company. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, subsidiary. No, we're um, like right now they're private equitying it the whole thing. Like they're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna break it up and take the parts that are valuable and ditch the rest, right. which is a great way to destroy a thing. Yes. Uh, instead, let's just reverse course. Maybe <laughs> let's consolidate then to uh, divide again. I kind of think if a year or two of this, the, we might find out that's like it's probably better to like football. Like for USC and UCLA, football in the Big Ten is great, but maybe they should play their others. Sports on the West Coast. I don't know. Maybe we'll get some world Maybe. somewhere like that. 
Um, we had a question, I think, uh, from Brock. Pinky in the Brain. I'll let you say so Ryan slash Dave. Pinky in the Brain. Did you ever watch that cartoon? Yeah, of course. I've seen it back in the day. Uh, I'll let you decide who's who. One thing companies do in business is a worst case scenario. That would, uh, what would be the reason why we f- uh, fail? And he says, um, sorry, it's, I don't know if this is written well. For each coach, what would they do this year that would have us say at the end of the year that they did the most likely reason they failed? What is he? Um, I don't know. I think it's a very specific football question, which uh, we don't do those in the offseason. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, that seems like I thought it was talking about like failing, like the conference failing, and it was like some specific football thing, but uh, I didn't quite follow that. Okay. Uh, drops marking Vancouver. Uh, he says, I agree with last week's sentiment that drops would be kept, should be kept to a minimum. That said, if the rumors that SMU and San Diego State will join the, the Pac 12 turn out to be true, what would their team's drops sound like? Should David's version of the drops be saved for future use? Thanks for reading, Mark in Vancouver. All right, so the Aztecs, I think I went with a uh, sling, right? Last time we did the Aztecs. Or so it'd be like... Something like that. Okay. Um, and then a Mustang would be... Uh, Mustang would be fun, yeah. That could be a good one. Like a galloping Mustang? I like it. Or I could go... Mm, that's good, too. Um, speaking of drops, though... We do have to give uh, some props. Do I have applause? I don't know if I have that. I gotta, I gotta download the applause drop. Uh, West Texas Mike sent us like a hundred, over a hundred drops that are basically cutups of for, stuff from our show. So David and I talking, uh, in other ones from the Parastyle podcast and the USC podcast with Chris Trevino and Harvey Hyde, and some different. When we say something kind of fun or silly or stupid or whatever. He cut these up into drops and uh, sent all the videos over. So I have them all. I need to convert them to um, audio clips and I can upload them to the the uh, the iPad. But I want to th- shout out to West Texas Mike because there's some cool stuff in there. Um, there's a lot. I just I just opened them last night, so I haven't been able to go through them all yet. But uh, man, that looks pretty cool. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, love it. Uh, but that we should have some more fun drops. Thank uh, you, West Texas Mike. Yes, very much so. All right, this is from Sean. Okay. Partners. Hi, guys. Sean from Ohio. If the Big Ten does adopt a 3-6-6 model for scheduling when the L.A. schools join, other than each other, who do you like for the other two permanent rivals? I feel like UCLA and Nebraska should partner in USC Michigan State maybe, but who would be the last one be? Who would the last one be? A cupcake like Indiana or Northwest to balance the schedule out? No, man. They didn't. They didn't go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten didn't take them so that USC could play Northwestern or Indiana every year. Yeah, USC is gonna play Ohio State. UCLA is gonna play Michigan. And then the other question is, you know, which is uh, Michigan State and Nebraska make as much sense as anything else? But I think for USC, it's probably gonna end up being Penn State and Ohio State and UCLA. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I've this has come up on a lot of different shows I listen to and just the different po- topics people talk about. But I. I don't see how USC and Ohio State don't play. Um, I, I think it makes sense for UCLA, Michigan, and USC and Ohio State. They play each other, and then you get one other um, one team there. But I, I, I've heard some people say that the Big Ten really wants to maximize the number of playoff um, spots. But if if like UCLA and Michigan were both in contention for a playoff spot, like losing that one game, I don't think 
it's not going to keep you out. Like now you can get three or four teams from your conference into the playoffs and having those marquee games, which is what the TV networks want. I mean, you want more of UCLA, Michigan and USC, Ohio state. And, you know, I want to see UCLA play Wisconsin and USC play Penn state. Like you want those games. The only, Um, the only thing I can see is um, maybe to be kind to USC um, so that they don't have two Eastern time zone rivals you could maybe end up instead of penn state make it like wisconsin um so that they've got a central time zone rival the same way that ucla would have with nebraska because otherwise you're having them do you know some years it might end up being two east coast time zone road trips maybe more actually um they've got to be cognizant of that sort of stuff yeah so but yeah i mean you're definitely getting ohio state there's no chance yeah for sure um and uh, yeah, Mike Mike wrote in again about some more stuff. He's talking about more drops and stuff, so we appreciate that. We're like, it's a lot of great ideas. Um, oh, we do have a voicemail from Perk that I haven't downloaded. So do you want to? I'll do-, do the next text message and then you can download okay. that. All right, uh, this is from a text message. Hey guys, last week's pod was quite sobering. And for any Oregon fans who think they can make it going independent, just ask BYU how that worked. You lose one game and you have nothing to play for. Yeah, I don't think I don't think going independent's a good option. All right, uh, I'll read this next one too, and then we'll download the okay. Beast I got voicemail. The, I'm coming up. Yeah, I'm coming up with it right now. All right, let me just do this. All right, this is from uh, uh, Western Civic Capital. Uh, pack to add Kansas plus five. Pack to immediately add six. At least three are AAU for the interim, which will give the pack uh, presence in every major market in the Southwest outside of LA prior to the Big Ten taking seven current Pac-12 members. Kansas, SMU, Rice, Tulane, San Diego State, and Air Force, or Houston, or New Mexico, or Hawaii, or Vanderbilt, all AAU, if voluntarily booted from SEC, they're a good travel partner for Tulane, that's Vanderbilt, adding three quarters, uh, more AAU, there's so many parentheticals, I can't even read this. There's a lot. Uh, This will be announced and built with media partners in a few weeks. Should the show not go on, the future of the Pac-12 will be very bright with these 16 powerhouse universities. Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, California, Stanford, San Diego State, Utah, Colorado, Kansas, Arizona, Arizona State, Southern Methodist, Rice, Tulane, and Air Force or Houston or New Mexico or Hawaii or Vanderbilt. Okay. So is he calling his shot in this one? I think he is. uh, Maybe. Who knows? So we'll come back to you if this ends up being the case. Yeah. It would fall into the the miracle thing, right? Like you need to... You got to go. I mean, like, in, like you got to go outside the box. You got to do something crazy. Totes. Um, and so it would have to be something like this to make it. Yeah, I think any feasible. any Pac-12 miracle definitely involves Tulane <laughs> no, or Vanderbilt. Or yeah, yeah, definitely. Vanderbilt. That's who you want to add. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's play the voicemail. and We'll get you guys out of here. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, I was just wondering, what kind of some of the recent reports. Um, what's where the Pac-12 network is. Not the Pac-12 network, but where they're shopping for on networks for the TV deal moving forward. That looking at some channels like I think it's Ion Television or something like that. And I was wondering, does it get to a certain point in your guys' opinion where the name ID or the name brand of the channel you're looking at almost gets to a point of obsolescence where you're better off taking a cheaper deal just to stay on ESPN because it's relevant or Fox or CBS? Um, just because with Ion, they're getting to the point where, and hear me out, they should just give the network rights to C-SPAN. It's always on. Uh, it doesn't connect with 
the you know none of the Pac-12 sports really interfere with uh, Senate proceedings, and it has I don't know, it has a network ID right up there with Ion at this point. I just I don't I'm wondering at what point does the name ID just get that embarrassing for the conference that they're better off taking a cheaper deal with ESPN? Want to see what you guys thought? Thanks, guys. I think the the reality is if it's Ion Television, you're better off just going streaming only. Yeah, like whatever. Like you get better distribution, and you're not getting the yeah, like, and you're not getting the jokes. There that's won't be, not part yeah. of the that's not part of the ecosystem, right? Like that's when you know we were talking about like what's the cultural ecosystem? Like Ion isn't part of it. Like even when the the March Madness was going on, it took a while for people to even know what True TV was. You're like True TV, yeah, but it's now become part of that like ecosystem. Like you would mm-hmm. like I know where it is. I want to watch that weird, uh, you know, playing game or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's not going to be part of the ecosystem. So you're not. You're not gaining anything by going on Ion. That you might as well just go streaming. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that. that's uh, you go sc- streaming. I mean, I keep talking about it semi jokingly, but like literally go on demand. Like, if you want to watch the Pac-12 games, you got to pay 15 bucks a month to the Pac-12 streaming service and maintain the Pac-12 network forever. Yeah, you'll continue to own your rights. <laughs> yeah. But just make it. But instead of making it a cable company, make it a streaming company. Yeah, there's a lot that we haven't really talked about, like what happens with the Pac-12 network and it's just like they're going to have to keep it like any 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 network that partners with them. Uh, if it's not ESPN or Fox, they're going to want to maintain the apparatus. Like okay. They're going to want to maintain it because otherwise you're just re- rebuilding the wheel. Um, yeah, it's like basically the infrastructure people would want, but not there's not going to be seven. I forget who I was listening to, but they were talking about like just the expense of having seven different channels. Um, there's all these things that you have to do. Like there's all this overhead for each individual channel. It's like, why wouldn't you just stream? You have one channel and then you can stream anything else. You know, like it's, it, you don't need the seven channels. Like that was just such a cost. I mean, just so, I mean, but you said that from the very beginning, like why do you have seven channels? The only reason is if you thought seriously that you were going to get distribution nationally on, you know, linear television. Yeah. And you couldn't have thought that if you did any due diligence. Yeah. Right? So it's just, it was another own goal because to your point, if you just, if you just had the one network and you did everything else on streaming, well, that's the reality anyway for most people. You're probably venues. on direct TV if you have one channel, right? Yeah. Like, um, nobody wants to pick up the seven channels. Um, so, I don't know. They made a lot of mistakes, but I think you can still salvage a little bit. And again, the money is going to be what the money is. But if you, at this point, you're not going to get a big deal. So the the all the jokes about the Pac-12 network, it can be flipped on their head a little bit. Because if you own your rights, you can make decisions about when this stuff gets aired and when it gets shown in a way that you're never going to get with any kind of cable partner. Yeah. Even a streaming partner, they're they're going to want to know, they're going to want to have a say in when it goes on. But if you do it, just you know, okay, we're going to start charging fans, you know, fifteen bucks a month to watch their games, um, and we're going to start having some cool content in the off season. You continue to pay your fifteen bucks a month. This is also a way to support your university, uh, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Uh, then, I mean, who knows? Maybe you could even make that tax deductible um, if you own it, and if it's you know part of the the you know universities. If Pac-12 could have like 
you know, two hour morning show, you know, yeah, yeah. Saturday morning, and then noon, there's the first game. And then there's yeah. 3 p.m., there's another game. And then 6 p.m., there's another game. Or spread it out a little oh, bit. That's more. what I'm saying. It's like you, you have like a triple header every week, like Pac 12 Network triple there's, header. There's flexibility offered by being forcibly removed from the rat race. And all the jokes about the Pac 12, well, it would be kind of cool for your fans if you could uh, say, you know, if UCLA or USC were still involved, hey, we're not playing any September games before four o'clock because it's too damn hot. Yeah. And then we're not playing any November games after four o'clock. Because it's too damn cold and dark. Um, and call that a day. In Arizona, you could do the same thing with the hot and with the heat and then the cold. But yeah, like you, you want late games in you want late September. Game, but like you can control all of this stuff in a better way um, if you own this stuff. And I'm just saying it's a joke anyway. Like you're 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 screwed anyway. So start making some decisions that might, you know, benefit your fans. Yeah. Uh, we got one last one from uh, Eddie. Uh, when will Champagne Larry be charged with murder for killing the Pac-12? Damn, it's true. Well, if you're on Ion, you could they could solve that murder because there's a lot of like <laughs> crime. crime Is that where that. we can find Columbo? Like the old seasons of Columbo? It's a lot of like I think the SVUs and the, nice and uh, what's the Tom Selleck one like Blue Blue Bloods or something? Um, I was gonna of, say Magnum PI as the Tom. No, that's that's the the older one where he's the yeah, cop yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. or a chief or something. Yeah, that, it's, I don't know if that's on. Like, So I do my Meals on Wheels on Wednesdays. And uh, one of my favorite old ladies, Myrna, like I always, you know, I kind of bring her stuff in and chat with her for a while. And she's always got those things on. I, I, I'm almost guaranteeing she has Eye on TV on her. Like, I think that's what's always on when I walk in there. Um, there's always some kind of SVU or some some crap like that. Uh, I want, I'm going to ask her, though. I was like, are you watching Eye on TV? Because if that's the case, then definitely run away. Because that's not, you know, she's like, 90 you know and that's what she has on during the day while she's yeah um, uh, so beautiful. maybe don't maybe don't put the pack 12 on that all right well that's gonna wrap things up uh for david woods i am ryan abraham it's been a fun show uh i'm not gonna say informative because I, I broke news baby there was the breaking news <laughs> i mean let's see uh Hopefully they all cite us now. This, everyone yeah, no, there. I was first. I according, was first. according to <laughs> Podcast of Champions. I was first on the POC. Colorado. So what you're saying is Colorado and Utah are out. Out. Like out. According to a friend of a friend who was right about of a friend. the Big Ten. Okay, so David Woods reporting Colorado and Utah. Peace out. I'm bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, so which to me, I translate that as the Pac-12 is dead. Correct. Um. Which is not, it's not good. No, bad. Yeah. We don't but, like uh, Yeah. So any uh, media inquiries, you can tweet at David, at David, David Woods. Yeah. If you want me on your shows to. to I'll put our Twitter handles up to, there to for you. To share everybody. all the copious details I have, please. Yeah. Please. He shared them all. Yeah. Um, yeah. At David, David Woods. Uh, I'm at Inside Troy. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. To Utah and Colorado. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.